Hey, welcome back to another Alignment Discussion podcast on the Conscious Creators platform. I'm Asher Gray. I'll be with you for the next 30 to 45 minutes. Today we're going to be doing a um, rough draft reading of some final material that's going into the Conscious Creators spiritual text. Um, The way of the Conscious Creator is a spiritual practice that is covered in the Conscious Creator's text, and it's a set of nine measures. It's a compact grouping of teach, compact group of teachings. Each measure contains a spiritual truth, and basically we utilize meditative mantras and breathing techniques to create new neural pathways in the brain, and these new neural pathways Um, support desired possibilities, new characteristics, and new attributes. Uh, It, over time, increases our vibrational frequency and elevates, liberates our authentic higher self from uh, what we call the fear-driven trauma avatar. It It liberates our authentic self from instinctual mode, instinct mode, survival mode, and helps the practitioner to create the necessary mental, emotional, and spiritual space to consciously create new life-affirming experiences. And when we say life-affirming, we mean experiences that invoke a sense of wholeness and joy and fulfill one of our fundamental needs. And in the Conscious Creator's practice, there are nine fundamental needs that we help the human mind to focus upon. And as the human mind focuses upon those fundamental needs, we that human being taps more and more into their spiritual nature. And they start to liberate their um, spiritual nature, their spiritual consciousness of being from the human form. And with that said, today we're going to go right into um, the third measure. And I have a specific reading that I would like to share with you. And the topic of this reading is called Building New Habit Patterns. So it's in the third measure. And um, pardon me. The third measure deals with um, being open to, uh, you know, open to new life-affirming possibilities, accepting the possibility of new life-affirming experiences. So... Uh, up until this point in the process, we've been primarily looking at, you know, what's an unconscious creator? What does unconsciousness look like? Why would someone be unconscious? And, you know, fear is that the, the main ingredient. So when a person becomes fearful, they become reactive. And when a person becomes fearful and reactive, they start to brace up against their living experience. And they start to need to predict, and they need certainty, and they need control. And those um, perversions of our natural God-given desires uh, starts to um, corrupt our connection to uh, spiritual consciousness. It starts to corrupt our connection to spiritual love and truth. Um and over time, that has a very de- debilitating impact. And so 
um, the unconscious creator tends to become focused primarily on creating patterns of avoidance, creating patterns where they can avoid feeling emotions or having experiences or shared interactions with others that they have in their mind decided are uh, um, dangerous or scary or unhealthy or unwanted. So they're just undesired. So their tolerance for new experience becomes very low. And as this happens, their life becomes increasingly stagnant. And as their life becomes increasingly stagnant, there's no spiritual love transmitting through the moments that they are creating and sharing with others. In fact, there's fear. And this fear begins to have a debilitating effect. We start to experience physical, emotional, mental um, disease. It's like a puddle that doesn't have any water flowing through it. It starts to break down with pestilence. So... The unconscious creator um, <clears throat> is really locked into survival patterns that they've been creating and reinforcing for a good portion of their adult lives. Some of these, some of their most core uh, survival patterns or habit patterns are so automatic and so ingrained that they are literally, um, the unconscious creator considers them to be assets or aspects of their personality, like their core parts of who they are. They're not these patterns of behavior that they've created. They're actually um, um, facets of their personality or their character. And so there's a set of mantras that we do in the third measure called possibility mantras. And the possibility mantras introduce the unconscious creator to a set of possibilities so instead of being portraying them themselves as a victim they can become personally responsible instead of rejecting and pushing away opportunities to give and receive love they can start to embrace and expand their capacity to give and receive love <clears throat> Instead of lacking compassion and being mean to themselves and others, they can start to have compassion and kindness for themselves and others. Instead of having these like really harmful, fearful reactions in a moment where we react with anger and fear, we can replace those with, you know, responses. You know, we can respond with sincerity. We can respond with courage. We can respond with spiritual wisdom. These are all possibilities. These are all, what's being introduced in the third measure. These are all things that are definitely possible. And a lot of human beings on the earth are already practicing them. They've already established habit patterns that allows them to live in love and compassion, that allows them to respond with sincerity, that allows them to regulate their emotional well-being through human and spiritual connection. But there's a lot of folks on the planet, especially people who interact with this material in the recovery community that because of past trauma and past neglect their established patterns the patterns of survival that they've created they don't they don't bear fruit they don't bear this sort of fruit so these patterns are you know not serving the recovering individual anymore in fact they're harming the recovering individual's chances of sustaining um sobriety and really sustaining inner serenity and really 
realizing and in, 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 in completing and consummating their spiritual transformation. So these possibility mantras are the first set of mantras that are introduced to the spiritual practitioner within this way of the conscious creator process. And so there's some steps that we um, go through with the, uh, the, the, the practitioner to kind of help them understand what they're doing here by building these new habit patterns. So I'm going to read that section with you today. Let me see how I'm doing on time. Great. So building new habit patterns. As you consistently focus upon your new desired possibility, Established habit patterns cease to undermine your purpose. When you concentrate upon new possibilities, established self-defeating pattern, patterns begin to atrophy. The undermining habit pattern becomes dormant, much like a virus that is no longer detectable. Engaging this practice inaugurates a lifelong practice of directing your creative focus upon healthy desires. As these desired possibilities take root, your undermining habit patterns cease to influence your thoughts and actions. Each time you reinforce a desired possibility, it becomes easier to do it again. The action of creating new mental pathways must occur for a new behavior to become second nature. The following suggestions produce powerful results. Number one, express each mantra with enthusiasm and joy. Give sufficient energy to the desired possibility. Say each mantra clearly and concisely. This will help to make each new mental connection stronger. You are creating a new connection to reality through your mantra practice. Every time you recite a mantra, you breathe life into a new life-affirming mental connection. <clears throat> Number two, concentrate upon new habit patterns. Each possibility mantra contrasts a corresponding undesired characteristic. For example, possibility mantra six ends by saying, I just love being personally responsible rather than playing the victim. Now this line creates a reference point to help you acknowledge that you only want to be personally responsible. This automatically disqualifies the established victimhood characteristic. This helps you to expand your capacity to consciously choose a desired characteristic. You will gain creative power through this awareness and ability to choose. Number three, reinforce the new possibility when you encounter situations that trigger the old pattern. The more you practice your mantras, the sooner the desired trait tendency, or characteristic will be assimilated. It is important to recognize when you indulge in an established self-defeating pattern. While engaging this practice, you may notice that you are backsliding into a self-defeating pattern. When you recognize that this is happening, relax and take it, e take it easy. It's important to respond with grace. There may be times that you are engaging this practice too aggressively or moving too fast. In these instances, it's important to scale it back and do the bare minimum for a few days until the desire, the natural desire, returns. If, however, you have been doing the bare minimum and your heart is just not in it, it may be time to push yourself a bit. 
it's highly recommended that you incorporate physical exercise and stretching in conjunction with your mantra practice. Now, this is especially important in the possibility mantra practice. We will get into this in greater detail in the possibility mantra instructions coming up, but I'll share a little personal experience with you now. So when we're first doing these, this first round of possibility mantras, we're introducing these possibilities to a mind that hasn't really considered them before. And so making a mental physical connection is very, very, very useful. So what I was doing a lot when I was just starting my, my, um, my possibility mantra set, I was doing a lot of lower body stretches. So I would be, you know, stretching my hamstrings, for example. I would be stretching my quads. I would be stretching my lower back. I would be down on the ground, kind of moving around, stretching and feeling my body stretch while I say these mantras. And then I would be using like 5, 10, or 15 pound dumbbells to do some different bilateral stimulation. Like I would take the dumbbells and you know, move them back and forth in front and in front and behind my body as if I was swinging my arms around me. Um, I would do, you know, you know, lifting my arms up, doing um, different shoulder exercises, doing shoulder presses, doing arm presses, doing leg squats, doing lunges, lightweight repetition, but just some sort of body movement in conjunction with saying these mantras. And it helps to kind of make a mind-body connection quicker. It helps to solidify these new neural pathways we're trying to create. <clears throat> All right, so with that, it's important to understand that there's a part of you that wants to remain in or return to familiar patterns, no matter how destructive they may be. There's always that party that wants to return back to like the the abusive lover or go back to the casino or like get around that boss that talks to you the same way your dad used to talk to you. These are just familiar patterns. They're destructive and they don't do anything to help you fulfill these fundamental needs and they turn you further and further away from your spiritual nature, but they're familiar nonetheless. And it's our addiction to certainty that is really uh, at the crux of our issue right now. You know, we'll stay in something that's familiar, even though it's it makes us miserable and we hate it, but it's something we know. So the whole act is surrendering our investment and becoming detached from what we know and creating the space, the psychic, mental, spiritual space to start to co-create co with spiritual consciousness, to start to co-create with our spiritual nature, start to have these new experiences and expand our capacity for love. Okay. So, um, in these times, you can act as the parent and redirect focus upon the desired possibility. As you consistently focus on the desired possibility, you diminish your attachment to the established undermining pattern. Every time that you resist an undesired pattern, you reinforce your attachment to it. It is for this reason that, that diets are often ineffective. Many diets do not nourish a desired body type. Instead, they, they starve a body. We are focused on nourishing a new mindset, a new state of mind. Every time you resist an undesired pattern, you actually breathe life back into it. Remember, we are addicted to these patterns because they support and reinforce our established attitude and outlook. When you indulge in an undermining pattern, you are like a recovering addict who's getting high after a period of abstinence. You activate the mental pathways that support an undesired pattern of behavior 
much like a drug addict wakes up their addiction. The unconscious creator suffers from an attachment disorder that has only one cure, and that cure is connection. Abstinence does not equal connection. Abstinence creates the space for connection to occur. Every time that you practice your mantras, you take action to create new connections to your spiritual nature and to your fellows. Spiritual and human connection is the only power that can dissolve your attachment to habit patterns that no longer serve you. Number four, move forward with faith and trust. There will be a period of time there will be a period of time that you practice your mantras without noticeable results. This phase is actually part of the process and it requires faith. You may feel silly, you if you may feel silly or want to give up, but please remember that these habit patterns did not appear overnight. They manifested slowly over decades. Some take months or even years. Some will take some may take months or even years to no longer undermine your purpose. In other words, the more ingrained and automatic an established pattern is, the more you will need to engage this practice to bring that desired possibility into existence. So, there's a close relationship between habit and repetition, obviously. A habit pattern becomes increasingly automatic through repetition and psychological exposure. A meditative mantra is a tool that you can use to create new thought pathways. Now, mental concentration is the hand that moves that tool. Practicing your mantras helps you to remain focused on a desired possibility, thus giving it life. Number five, your mind is the palette you use to create your reality. This palette must hold new thought impressions to bring new experiences to life. If your mind is cluttered with fearful thought impressions, you will remain in instinct mode. Instinct mode maintains maintains a mindset that is incapable of sustaining spiritual and human connection. In the absence of connection, our attachment addiction becomes active, much like stress triggers autoimmune diseases. Through this practice, you will saturate your mind with new life-affirming thought impressions. And so this isn't really gotten into in this section because we haven't introduced it yet, but since I'm doing a... Um, audiobook podcast on it, I'll expand on it. So, you know, there's the, there's the dual nature of every human being. And so that dual nature is, there's the receptive mind that many people who are listening to this are probably going to equate to like the unconscious mind, the, um, the, the feminine mind, uh, the subconscious mind. So there's the subconscious, receptive, feminine aspect of every human being, male and female alike. Gender on the mental plane has nothing to do with like your sexual hardware. But every person has a receptive mindset. They're a receptive part of their mind. And that's the part that receives thought impressions and does the active creation. And then every person has an expressive part of their mind, the masculine, conscious, expressive part of their mind. And that's the part that's like the will. And you can use your will to create things in this world. And so when a human being is in self-will, complete self-will. When they're completely in self-will and they're completely devoid of any kind of connection to spiritual consciousness or intuitive onboard insights, when there's no connection to their deeper fundamental essence, when there's no connection to 
what they are as spiritual beings having human experiences, they are in survival mode usually. They're usually in a triggered state. They're usually in their PTSD survival mode or instinct mode. Their fear, their minds are fearful and reactive. They have zero uh, intuitive uh, wisdom. They don't have access to anything. They're just reacting. And so, you know, this began to become really uh, an epidemic during the last ice age. So people were presented in the northern parts of the world were presented with this catastrophic uh, natural occurrence where all of a sudden this huge sheet of ice came over everything and, you know, they had to survive in a different sort of way. And many of them were just presented with a choice. And had they been able to remember they're just spiritual beings and they just basically, this is all very temporary rather than being so attached to their physical form. They would have been like, okay, cool. Like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm tapping out. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to freeze to death or whatever. But a lot of them didn't do that. A lot of them went ahead and, well, they like, you know, like uh, ate their, ate their family members or committed incest with their daughters in order to keep making more babies to keep the family surviving. So those were all acts of self-will because they were completely disconnected from spiritual insight. They were completely in um, um, instinct mode. And so instinct mode maintains a mindset that is incapable of sustaining spiritual and human connection. You can sustain attachment addiction in instinct mode, but not actual authentic spiritual and human con connection. So in the absence of this authentic connection, this life-sustaining connection, of course our attachment addiction is going to arise. We're going to become attached to our physical environment. We're going to become attached to our need for control. We're going to become attached to whatever material things we're using or whatever addictive mechanisms we're uh, utilizing in order to placate our emotions and medicate our incompletion. All right, so, and so, you know, the instinct mode, when we're in instinct mode, the receptive mind is kind of shut off from new possibilities. We, won't, we can't access and we can't saturate that, that, um, that um, receptive mind with new thought impressions. And so it's hard to change that person or for that person to change or return to their spiritual nature or have the necessary transformation occur because they're locked down in their instinct mode and they're locked into their trauma avatar. All right. Number six, this spiritual practice helps you to remain neutral at times that you would have previously become reactive. Mental neutrality helps you create new life affirming experience experiences. Hold on a second. I got to check my tape. Yep. All right. So the reason for this is pretty simple. In the absence of fearful reaction, your mind loses its supply of fearful thought impressions. So every time our mind reacts and cortisol and adrenaline are secreted, you know, we activate these survival patterns and all these these trauma impressions, these fearful impressions stored in the um, receptive mind, they become active and they start to feed this character of unconsciousness, this trauma avatar. And as we become our trauma avatar, we become immersed in its personal narrative, its own AI virtual reality within itself. So, all 
yeah, so that's what happens. Um, engaging this practice feeds your mind with new thought impressions, new life-affirming thought impressions that help you to bring your desired possibilities to life. Number seven, as you continue to practice your meditative mantras, you will organically reconnect to your spiritual nature. As this occurs, you will tap into spiritual insights that can help you create new life affirming experiences. So this is like when we start to actively collaborate with our spiritual nature. So as we get out of instinct mode, as we're no longer fearful and reactive, as we cultivate curiosity and open-mindedness, as we become receptive again, we can become receptive to spiritual insights. Because the reason a mind stopped being receptive is because it was receiving thought impressions from other traumatized, fear-driven, instinctually motivated people. So if you're growing up in an environment of trauma and neglect, then you don't want to be receiving the sort of thought impressions that are available in that kind of environment. So you just go without. But, you, you know, and so turning away from and turning off our receptive mind and becoming reactive instead then we can really build out this character and that's where like a lot of these forms of narcissism and all these like the, the personality disorders come about because we create a closed system we're no longer receptive and open we when we we become when these crazy people scream at us and we shut down and we become closed off we also close ourselves off from spiritual insight and so that's that's the real hard part because if we're not gaining access from spiritual insight we're not gaining the necessary uploads into our, 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 you know, our firmware or our spiritual firmware or our operating system to evolve. We have to evolve with spiritual consciousness and we have to maintain a certain vibration in order to stay in that evolutionary wave that's, that's, in, um, that's eternally, um, that eternal wave of spiritual evolution. So... That's why it's so imperative, and that gets into this right here. So as we continue to practice our meditative mantras, we will organically reconnect to our spiritual nature because we're opening our mind up again. We're making our mind receptive again. You know, And part of that is recognizing that, okay, we're not in those same environments. Those same abusive people or caretakers are not bearing down on us. They're not even alive often. Sure, we have replaced a lot of those people with abusive partners or emotionally unavailable or neglectful partners, people that kind of mimic the love that we learned growing up, but they're not as bad. And, you know, <clears throat> as we move through the process, we can start to address those relationships. But right now we're just waking up again and we're becoming receptive again as human beings. It's because we need to receive spiritual wisdom. We need to receive our spiritual nature again. We need to become spiritual beings having that human experience again. All right, let me swap this tape. Yeah, we need to become spiritual beings having that human experience. Um, all right, so this is important. And this is for many, especially middle-aged and older folks, these mantras are a matter of life and death. We need to cultivate new a new perspective to co-create with spiritual love and truth. This requires that our minds be open and receptive. Older minds tend to be anything but open and receptive. They are often quite closed and quite fearful and very cynical. That's because they've been closed off for a long time and they've just been living in their own little trauma avatar and validating their own little personal narrative, which is like their own virtual reality within their mind. So that's a huge thing that they're attached to. 
and that's the attachment addict. The crux of the attachment addict's um, challenge is to slowly go in and intervene upon all that and, 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 and detach from that in order to open up to our spiritual nature again. So, so as long as you remain in such a mental state, there can be no spiritual connection nor access to creative power beyond, the, beyond these survival patterns. So we can't access the creative power that's necessary to create a life beyond our avatar and its narrative. In the absence of this spiritual power, we remain imprisoned by our established fear-driven survival patterns. This imprisonment causes every ailment known to man. Because you have to remember, what are we what are we imprisoned by? Well, we're imprisoned by instinctual fear. Well, what happens when we're in instinctual fear? Well, we're also imprisoned with cortisol, which keeps our narrative and our trauma avatar turned on and keeps us living inauthentically as this like uh, almost like a persona or a character of unconsciousness that identifies with trauma and lack and neglect and in in and unworthiness and inability. So, and when we're in that and we're in, in cortisol and adrenaline all the time, that's stress, that's anxiety, that's depression, that's all these things that people are feeling. And they say that that's bad for you, but they don't say that the lack of connection is what truly kills. Well, we want you to know that lack of spiritual and human connection kills. After all, we were given these bodies for a reason. We are spiritual beings who are having a human, who are being, who have been given the opportunity to share in a human experience. If we turn away from our spiritual nature and brace up against this shared experience, what's the point? In other words, we get to express spiritual love in a physical body. But if there's no access to spiritual love, if we don't have access to spiritual love and all we have is fear, what, then we get to express instinctual fear in a physical body? Well, that kind of sucks. You know, that's not really the point. We're missing the boat at that point. Many of us have become so engrossed in our physical forms that we have forgotten this purpose. We've gotten so engrossed in our physical form that we have forgotten our purpose. Our purpose. Purpose. For those who have forgotten, those who have forgotten their spiritual purpose, this process will help you remember. This spiritual practice will help you liberate your authentic higher self from the deadly progression of unconscious creation. And the reason why we call it a deadly progression is because every time we validate and we just act on one of these thought pathways and these habit patterns unthinkingly and automatically, we reinforce it, we make the groove deeper, we make the riverbed wider, and we be more and more we become these patterns of avoidance and these patterns that keep us in trauma. And so... Um, it progresses. Uh, you are the only power on earth that can beat this progressive and deadly condition. Nothing external can liberate you from the clutches of the killer within. There is no pill, no doctor, no guru that can save you from yourself. This is your job. This is an inside job. Working with your spiritual nature is the only path to liberation. All right. Now, the human mind is a tool that helps you to connect to your spiritual nature, much like a laptop connects to the cloud. The human mind runs off of biological and psychological programs. It also stores data. What you feed your mind determines the traits and tendencies that become pronounced. If you have, if you have a lifetime of self-defeating thoughts and actions stored within your mental hard drive, which is what we call the receptive mind, 
then your mind has become corrupted by the trauma virus. And we talked about the trauma virus earlier, um, but for those that are just tapping in, the trauma virus came about at the end of the last ice age. After all these people did all these horrific things to stay alive, they got into their self-will and they committed incest and cannibalism and did whatever they needed to do to survive. And that created the trauma virus. And the trauma virus was perpetuated uh, around the whole globe by the agricultural revolution and the agricultural revolution locking up and putting all the land under cultivation was done so by the survivors of the trauma virus who came out of the north after the ice age all right so therefore it is hard to teach old humans new truth so an old human that's that's whose hard drive whose receptive mind is corrupted by the trauma virus it's very hard to help that human get it back into alignment with spiritual truth it's not impossible, but without taking an active role in things, the odds are against you, very against you. So engaging in a daily mantra practice demonstrates willingness and determination and determination to the spiritual universe. This energetic offering activates a previously inactive creative consciousness. So that's that spiritual consciousness within us. We're basically reaching out. We're, we're calling out for help. We're saying, hey. I want to be kind and compassionate. I want to be personally responsible. I want to learn how to connect. I want to learn how to expand my capacity to love. I want all these things. I want, um, uh, I want a growth and expansion. So uh, the, the, these are my desires. I'm, I have a desire for these things. This is a desired possibility, and I'm putting it out there through these mantras. And the spiritual universe is activating within me as a response because there's only a certain aspect of me that's going to be able to help me expand my capacity for love and connection and there's only a certain part of me that's going to help me to consciously create the kind of experiences and uh, you know that help me to uh, evolve towards a more desired aim and state of being and that's my spiritual nature that's the only part of me that is love and that's the part of me that needs to be sought out and so these mantras are a way for me to begin seeking out that connection, establishing that connection, inviting that connection into my heart and into my mind to help me to liberate myself from these unconscious shackles that I put myself in. All right. You summon, uh, let me see, you summon spiritual power to help you recognize, oh, you summon spiritual power to help you reorganize your external reality. This external reality evolves to the extent that you evolve your internal reality. As your thought life evolves, so too does the external reality you create and share with others. And you're not wishing upon a star nor passively waiting for a mysterious power to come and rescue you. You are meeting the spiritual power halfway. In taking an active role, you eliminate worry and doubt from the equation. You do your part and spiritual love and truth will do the rest. Now, number 10, as your mind becomes more spiritually aligned, you will create and attract opportunities for growth and expansion. Now, this is personal growth. This is growth of the individual self and expansion of spiritual consciousness. You will also be able to recognize opportunities as they present themselves in the moment. Presently, your fearful and reactive mind compels you to resist, block, or reject such opportunities because they are... Um, uh, unfamiliar. Our addiction to, to our addiction and need for certainty and order is 
is is rejecting all of these possibilities, these potentials for new experience because we can't control them. So as you proceed with the possibility, alignment, and fulfillment mantras, you will continue to activate your spiritual nature. As this occur, as this occurs, you will create and attract opportunities that reflect your evolving mental state. It works. We speak from experience, but this requires that you be consistent. That's what I got for y'all today. That's pretty cool. Um, okay, that's the end. So any final thoughts on that? I would just say, you know, I'm going to go. I think that's it. That's a really uh, concise thing. And I don't want to um, just use words just to use words. I think um, as long as you for and that's the thing. So so that building habit patterns, that, that applies to all three mantra sets. It applies to the possibility mantras. It applies to the alignment mantras. And it applies to the fulfillment mantras. And right now I'm on the fulfillment mantras. And um, but those are that those are the tools. That's what we need to keep in mind as we're doing this. And I'm I'm to the point now where I just can't wait to get going on my mantras. I can't wait to do a mantra sitting. There's still a tinge of internal resistance just to sitting down and closing my eyes and kind of crossing over into that spiritual domain. I mean, there's always going to be this uh you know instinctual human part of me uh and a part of me that was pretty addicted to fear and adrenaline and cortisol especially me because my drug of choice was methamphetamines and so my particular game that my trauma avatar liked to play was one of victimhood and persecution and martyrdom and so that meant that a lot of when i would take drugs and ingest drugs I would, you know, kind of dissociate and slip into this virtual reality, this narrative, this game I was playing where people were after me. People were trying to do things to me. People were going to do, you know, like I would hide in weird spaces and wait in my house for people to come in and talk about me or to try to rob me. I would always be trying to catch people doing things like that. So um, my whole game was around survival. I became a character in a video game. And so... And then when I wasn't doing that, I was engaged in rituals of self-soothing, which required, you know, uh, inappropriate sex partners, webcams, all that stuff. It's all instinct. It's all adrenaline. It's all uh, that, like tapping into that kind of um, uh, more animal side of the human human being. And so, yeah. So I just, with, I, with that, I know I need to be patient, but I also know that if I can do that as a 40, 48 year old man who, you know, when I was sober, I was engaging in, I was always in fear and always in anxiety. I was raised by people who are fearful and anxious. And so I've always had that in me. And so if I'm a 48 year old man who has been living in that his whole life, and on top of that, the 20 years of active methamphetamine addiction that I um, endured where I really turned that up and really cranked that up and, and took that to a different level. If I, this process works for someone like me, I, I mean, it, it probably can work for anybody. So yeah, and that's about all I got for you guys today. Thanks so much for tuning in. I look forward to talking with you guys more on Tuesday. Peace.